everybody, and welcome back to another episode here on Sticks and Bones by Evoking with your ghost host, Chelsea and 10. We are back again this week talking about death and answering some of your questions. And we're going to be talking about pets and death. So I'm super excited. Yeah. So a little trigger warning. Uh, we are going to be talking about, you know, deceased loved ones, animals, that kind of stuff. Um, hopefully, you know, this will kind of help you maybe even get you some closure, um, validate all of your feelings, especially with grief, but just know that your loved ones are still here and they never, ever leave you. Oh yeah. We're excited. And also, also we got our first submission. Well, we have a few submissions, but we picked this one today for this episode for our boo and what do segment. Um, <laughs> it's not really a, what do it's actually someone that is sharing an experience about their deceased pet, which I think this is the reason why we did this episode today. We were like, what yeah. do we talk about today? And I feel like we talk about death a lot, but we haven't talked about death in animals. So I'm really excited to be doing this. I think it's going to bring people a lot of comfort. hundred percent. I know anytime that we do it in our own mediumship events, it, it truly just will always make me cry. Like I, that is when I mm-hmm. abs- absolutely lose it. I lose it too. Um, but before we dive in 10, what's going on? I was on vacation last week, so I feel like I'm just like oriented. <laughs> I'm coming back. What has been going on since I've been gone? Not much. It's so weird. I'm so happy to have you back. Um, I missed you lots. I was like, Oh my God, what is, what is life like without constantly calling Chelsea like 35,000 times a day? I don't know. I know. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people also wonder like, are we actually friends? And here's the tea. 10 and I are Actually, absolutely friends. Close. Like I know when she pees, I know when, like, I know all the things we call each other every morning. Um, we talk about life, business, etc. So it's really awesome having someone that's not only your business partner, but they've become like a sister. I feel like you're like my sister, not even my friend. Right. And yeah. it, it's weird because like our ancestors, as you heard last episode, will truly just sit down and pour us the tea together, a little yes. tea party, tea time, um, and be like, so-and-so doesn't think you're friends. It's like, okay, I mean, okay, bye. What you want. <laughs> we don't care. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I think it's a really rare scenario to be in because I know some people like to put that wall up between business partner and like friendship, but mm-hmm. we kind of just... I think it's interesting because both started at the same kind of time. Like, I mean, maybe one episode we can go into like how we met and how we kind of started this idea. But um, yeah, I think it really started as like friendship first and then just kind of like snowballing into what it is today, which I mean, divine intervention, perhaps. (laughs) I would say so. Yeah. And also on Ted's point again, that our ancestors legitimately like know each other. (laughs) Like when you've, you've seen us, when we do mediumship events, um, Ted and I's spirit guides and ancestors, specifically your great grandmother and my grandmother will work together to make sure all the (laughs) things are kosher and good and great. So it is really insane. I've never had a friendship like this before, where it's also been integrated with our spiritual teams as well because we're so highly spiritual. So it's so interesting. Plus it's, it's a whole different ball game, especially when you're spiritual, like really weeding out like those you do and do not need in your life. Yeah. And sometimes it requires you to keep a smaller circle. Um, because when you just know things about people, you're like, (laughs) great. Um, also another thing too, I hope 
you know, we always hope to empower you. Like we never want to come off as like disempowering or anything like that. Um, you know, just to speak on this quickly, I went through a major life change at 27 to 30. Um, it's okay to cut off people that you've been friends with for a long period of time that don't wish you success. Like I lost a lot over those years and I can confidently say now the people that I talk to every day are not jealous of me. They always have my best interest. And when I'm speaking, they actually care about what I'm saying. So I think it's really important to find friends that like you can celebrate good news with, and they're not trying to like, you know, use you, use you. Yeah. I couldn't, or like one up you. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, I, I can't stand that shit. It, it shouldn't be a, my horse is bigger than your horse kind of deal. And I think once you get to a certain age, there comes a difference between friendship and those who are straight fans who yes want to be there for you, but also want to wear your skin. That. And then also sometimes you find out, I mean, I've learned this from running a business and I know, you know, this too, Oh, hundred percent. the people that are closest to you are your biggest fucking haters. And you're like, you know what? Get, keep watching my podcast. You're just racking up my views. I don't care. I don't care if you don't like me and you're watching my podcast. Um, but you also find that too. So yeah, opening a business, doing something spiritual full time has definitely opened up my eyes to like, who actually is supportive in my life and God, it was not many people. So it wasn't, it's, it's shocking when it happens. Cause you'll just be like, Hmm, are you actually here for me? Or are you here to get something from me? And a lot of times it's the latter, which is, which is kind of unfortunate, but you know, you live and you learn. Exactly. So moral of the story is fi- find a good, cut them. <laughs> cut them. It's okay. If you have one or two friends having 10 is a lot sometimes not actual 10, like the number 10, like <laughs> I'm a lot. <laughs> no, you're actually pretty chill. Um, but anyway, what are we talking about today again? Oh, before we dive into the death segment, I want to, I think Ted and I are going to go into some questions that we get a lot because I feel like it's hard for us to answer your questions, especially if you follow us on social media, it gets lost in the comments. Um, And we talked about like a few questions I think we're going to address. So one of the first questions that I want to talk about, which I seem to get a lot because I feel like I post a lot about Medusa, Mm -hmm. uh, specifically the Gorgon head. We've talked about Medusa on the podcast, the apotropaic image. Um, A lot of people are interested in getting to know Medusa, working with Medusa, worshiping Medusa. I get these questions all the time. One, I'm going to give you some advice. Please make sure you're studying Medusa's actual classical Greek mythology. Um, I think that gives you a greater insight into who she is. A lot of people like to go with the Roman Ovid story and retelling, which is not wrong of Medusa being, um, a victim of trigger warning SA. And, um, you know, that is a part of who she is, but there is, you need to study the actual classical Greek retelling because I'm sorry, the Greek story, because I feel like that's how you understand who Medusa is. So we did a podcast episode on her if you're interested, um, but that's how you get to know a divinity by studying their mythology. Absolutely. My, <laughs> the one that I get the most of question wise, kind of where can I find this historically, archeologically, that kind of stuff. Um, similar kind of forte, but focusing more on Persephone. Um, I know that she's kind of picking up again on social media 
um, with retellings, kind of how people want to place her in certain boxes. There's certain epithets, all of that kind of stuff. All I'm going to say is, please, please, please pay attention to what archaeologists and what scholars are actually saying on that. Um, please, please, please pay attention to the ancient Greek writings. And if you don't know ancient Greek, please use a translation, but go back to the Greek root because you are going to find that a lot of, you know, modernizations, you know, are kind of taking things out of context. So please, please, please go ahead and look into that. We did a whole episode on Persephone. We looked at two case studies. Um, kind of debunked them and showed how, you know, you can go about doing it the correct way. But also we did a whole podcast on King Hades as well. So that one is more focused on the myth where, you know, the hymn to Demeter, where she is abducted and, you know, made the queen of the underworld. So if you are interested, I would check out those two podcasts because those two are most likely going to answer all of your questions. But again, if they don't, please don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah, absolutely. And we also did one on Hecate. So we specialize a lot in Chthonic underworld deities. Um, that's mainly our focus too, Hellenic paganism. So, you know, we will come out with more podcast topics on different um, deities, but for now we have Hades, Hecate, Persephone, and Medusa. Um, so please check those out. Those go into their retellings. We talk about, Ten talks about a lot of the archaeological evidence um, and we really dive into that. So yeah, don't, don't, be afraid to ask us questions when we're on lives, things like that. Um, we're more than happy to discuss. We love mythology here. Yes. <laughs> and then another huge question that I feel like we get often is, you know, Ted and I have been talking a ton about mediumship, uh, our whole podcast, basically <laughs> it's mediumship connecting with the deceased, your ancestors. How do I do it? Um, but the biggest question we get is how do I become a psychic medium? Or I, I think I am a psychic medium and what can I do? Like, how are you doing this professionally? How did you learn how to use your gifts? Um, what are some things that I need to know? And, you know, we're really excited to announce that we are working on a full mediumship course. Um, we're going to be teaching it in a different way. Um, probably a little less traditional than other psychic mediums. Everyone has their own practice. So, um, we're really going to be teaching you the basics, um, how to connect with your spiritual team. So you can, better learn mediumship. I think it's really important that you connect with a spirit guide or ancestor so they can help you. Yes. And yeah, we're going to be coming out with a whole course worksheets. We're going to be doing um, mediumship circles to test your imposter syndrome. So you can practice mediumship on random people, but mm -hmm. that should hopefully, hopefully fingers crossed coming out in August because <laughs> we're busy bees. We are very, very busy bees. We got all the things coming. Yeah. And plus we're planning Samhain stuff. All the spooky things. Oh yeah. Uh, we got a shipment today of like all the fall metaphysical store stuff and it's a spooky. It is a spooky. Um, <laughs> also, if you're listening to this podcast episode now, we should have dropped the runes on Monday. We got new crystal runes that are coming to the store in cute, like Norse bags. I love them. Oh, you know, I love a good rune. I love runes. I used to not like them when I was doing divination, but it's because I didn't study them enough. No, I get that. And it, it, I think that's really what it comes down to is like, you got to put in the effort to fully like, and fully like immerse yourself into it to like really understand everything, which is why Chelsea and I always, you know, lead with re-education. We're never going to fear monger you. We're never going to come out here and, you know, 
yell and say, go get them. No, we're going to lead with re-education and respect. Oh, absolutely. I think bullying people because they've misspoken on a topic or, you know, they just don't know. I think that's the worst thing ever. Like when, when did it not be okay to make a mistake? You know? Yeah. But call people out where you see it. Like cultural appropriation, cultural appropriation, racism, being a male bucket, being a, you know, abuser, being, you know, just a horrible shit person, call them out. Yeah, for sure. And like, use your judgment. Okay. Listen, by now, everyone in the spiritual community should know white sage is a close practice, right? Yes. Everyone should know that you live on the internet. You have a phone, you know, that we talked about it. We have an episode talking about close practices. Um, but if you see someone using white sage, I think it's okay to not attack them and be like, Hey, you can't use that. And if they're like, I don't care, I I'm not native and I don't care. Then you can, you can be a little bit more forward, but you know, then pick up those pitchforks <laughs> and pick up the pitchforks and be like, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I see a lot of crazy shit on the internet and it's just like, you know, when do we become the society of bullying people? That's not nice. There is a person behind that phone. Sometimes, you know, people do get out of hand and we should hold them accountable. But at the end of the day, we're all human beings. Yeah. Mistakes. And we also need to own up to those mistakes. Yes. So anyway, that's our soapbox for today about bad friends making mistakes questions we get. Um, but what everyone is really here for. Okay. So let's talk about, you know, 10 and I, we do a lot of spirit communication. We talk to the other side frequently, if not, you know, multiple times a week. Um, what is it like, you know, when you're talking to a spirit that's about to be crossed over, like, what do we experience? What do we experience in a crossing over? And maybe what you, 10, I don't think we've ever talked about this. What you've experienced might be different than what I experienced. Um, when spirits are crossing over to the other side or what they've at least told me about it. Yeah, I think. And I think that's what makes it so interesting is you could line up a whole bunch of mediums. And for the most part, we know what the end goal is, but how we go about doing it is going to be very different. Plus, I think that you help the spirits that you're supposed to, because that is kind of like what you are trained in that specialty for. Right. So I've said this before, you know, I work mostly with children's spirits and spirits that are lost and that haven't crossed over. So a lot of my practice is really sad and, um, children's spirits are hard. So I guess, you know, I'll talk about it first, like what I experience when spirits are crossing over and what I have physically seen myself, and this could be different. I'm not saying this is I'm the only person to experience this, or this is the right way. Um, you know how they always talk about a white light? Yes. I always see that. I always see a white light and I always tell spirits to walk towards it. And that is the other side. And I can actually have seen people's ancestors standing over on the other side, waiting for them. So it's like, I know when people die, they don't die alone. Even if in the physical they've died alone, Mm -hmm. I know for a fact, your ancestors, whoever else is, is coming to come get you. And you're never by yourself. And my own ancestors have said that they've been like, Oh, so-and-so was actually in the room with me when I was passing away. Yeah. I feel like at that moment, like both worlds are kind of together and like both the spiritual and the physical are on the same plane at that point. Yes. And it's like, kind of like a doorway is open and everybody like almost everybody looks human. Like they did, like nobody looks 
like a ghost. Everybody is there. And I, it's so calming from what I have found. Um, the one instance where I crossed over a younger spirit, um, it was interesting. There was a bright light, but it was also like we were in almost like a meadow, like a grassy plain, but I did see their family. And I did ask the child, like, are you, are you like, do you want this? Like, and I think that's such a big thing is to constantly ask for their consent of, do you want to do this? And it is always in their hands. Like they will always have the utmost control over their decision. Um, because sometimes they might not want to go, they might not be ready, which is okay. And I remember kind of leading this child down the, down the plane to her family. And she like, just held on to my leg and almost like, are you, you can go like, but if you want to stay, you're more than welcome to. Right. But then she was like, no, I'm, I'm ready to go see my mom. I had the same instance with a child spirit where it was a child and I was actually two of them. They were brother and sister. And I could talk about this, by the way, I do have permission to do so. Um, I can keep saying, and if it's anything you really learn from us, and I, I know I always say this is consent is so important when you're doing death work. Mm -hmm. Um, they said the same thing where it's like, they were a little afraid to go because they're children children, and you know, they're holding onto you for dear life because you're like taking care of them. You're helping them. Um, And they were like, am I going to see my mom again? And I was like, look right over there. And they saw their mom waiting for them. And, you know, I I don't know. It's hard. Like it's hard with spirits because they don't have to cross over when they die. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everyone has the choice. I always recommend that you do. I tell my family all the time, if I catch any of you not crossed over and you're just running around on the physical plane, I (laughs) I will find you, but it really is a consensual thing. And not all spirits have to cross over. Some choose to stay. I've run into spirits here that are totally happy with staying here. They don't want to cross over and they have other jobs that they pick up here. Yes. Yeah. And you heard me. I said jobs. Oh, straight up jobs, straight up jobs. There are things that they do, whether they feel like they need to protect a certain house or they need to protect a certain piece of land or place or person. Um, so there's just so much about the spiritual plane that people don't know that I'm like every day I think about these things. And I'm like, there's a lot of things that we don't even know. Oh my God. Again, we do not have a handbook for the recently deceased. Oh. Like we're, we're out here just trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah. it's interesting because I do think that when individuals cross over, there is kind of that, you know, like they can still kind of come back and check in to visit. So if you're like, well, how do I know that my family member has crossed over or I know they've crossed over. Do they still visit me? And the answer is yes, they always do. Um, You can see them in signs. So um, a great one is, you know, my husband's grandmother, whenever she sees, what is it? A red cardinal that is symbolic of her husband. Um, There is this little bird um, who visits my mom back home. And he literally has like a crew cut, like high and tight. It, a bird should not have that kind of. No, that's so funny. (laughs) But it's literally my grandfather coming in to check in on her. Um, So you can always see it manifest differently. It can be different signs. It can be, you know, all of a sudden you just smelling, you know, your mother or grandmother's perfume, like they're there. Yeah, for sure. And um, 
so true. All the signs, everything. And also to add to Ten's point, they still can come visit you. Um, by the way, I don't want to scare anybody. Like most likely your family members are crossed over. It's very rare that spirits stay here. Most of them cross over when it's their time to go. They're usually ready. Um, but you know, why would a spirit choose to stay? I feel like I get this question all of the time and 10, I'm not sure from the ones that you've talked to like, what are their reasonings for wanting to stay? Um, the biggest one that I can say is they don't want to leave their loved ones alone. Yeah. They feel like they're going to miss out and that's not the case, but I'm, I'm not going to argue with them. <laughs> no, no. Like, cause it's their choice, right? Like it's we- their choice. So yeah. I think that they feel a lot of times, I think it comes from a place of guilt. They're sad that they can't be there. So they feel guilty about moving on. Yes. And I think another big one too, is like, they weren't able to communicate a message or they weren't able to get something done that they had wanted to do either for mm-hmm. the family. Um, you know, I crossed over a spirit once and they almost didn't go. And I had to really, you know, they were like 50, 50. And they said to me, um, I actually knew the spirit, by the way, I knew this person. And yeah, I've crossed over someone that I've known before. It is absolutely first time I did it was so traumatic. Um, I was heart wrenching. It's really heart wrenching, but I also know that I'm giving them comfort. Like I am the last person that they're seeing on the physical plane before they walk in to go to their families, um, that are waiting for them on the other side. And the one thing they said to me was, you know, can you just make sure my family gets closure? Yes. My death was so sudden. And I promised them that, and I did it. And I know that they're comfortable on the other side, knowing that I did that. Cause a lot of them worry about their families, especially when they go tragically or they go, you know, quickly. And it was just sudden, even if it wasn't super tragic. Um, but like I said, most spirits do choose to cross over. So I don't want anyone to think like, you know, their grandma's just floating around. (laughs) Most of them cross over. Okay. Yeah. And I think that fear of like not wanting to cross over or being worried that your family's not going to get closure or anything like that. I think a lot of that guilt, fear, all of those emotions comes from the fact that, not many people talk about death crossing over the afterlife so openly, like, like Chelsea and I do, like, <laughs> like we'll talk about it all day long. I don't care. Yeah. But like, I don't think a lot of people truly think about it constantly. Like we do. Nobody's being like, Hmm, I'd like this to happen. And this is where I hope I go in this afterlife. Um, and I think that, you know, having conversations with mediums, having conversations with spiritualists, looking at different mythologies, different religions, spiritual beliefs. I think that can really help with your mind at accepting death, because that is one of the biggest things that we know is going to happen is we all are going to die. Unfortunately, it's everybody, right? It's it's constant with human beings. This is why I find death to be a fascinating topic is that we all do it. And I know for me, speaking about death has really helped my family as a whole, because I feel like a lot of them are more comfortable with death now because I'm like, oh yeah, like grandma's fine. She, she passed away suddenly, my grandmother, but she's fine. She's literally, she talks to me. She's telling me, I know what's going on down there. And then I'll give messages to my family members. Um, and I get that, you know, I have a gift of being a medium, but you know, my, our hopes to you is that we bring comfort when it comes to death and like, it's okay to have these conversations. It's not weird. It's Uh, not weird. It's not weird. Everyone's afterlife is valid, you know? Yes. 
And I, I think it can really help. I know I've changed Kevin's point of view, lessened his fear around it. Um, when he lost his grandfather, like that was kind of the first big death that we both had to experience together. And, you know, working with him, talking through it, like kind of explaining like both the history and archaeology of death, like he has been able to kind of wrap his head around it a little bit more and kind of piggybacking off of your point about, you know, helping family members, giving messages, all of that kind of stuff. Being able to do that can really help people not just get over grief, but when they're struggling with their other emotions, when they're going through something else in life. Um, for example, I gave my dad a message from his father about a pertinent, you know, message for a certain situation that we were as a family going through. And I was like, dad, like, this is what Papa said. Like, I don't know the specifics because it was a conversation that you two had years and years ago, but Papa is saying this and you need to go at the end of the day. I think when you give messages, you also need to, you know, do your due diligence and go to that grave site, leave an offering and have a chit chat with your loved one. I agree. And even if you can't hear them or see them or communicate with them like mediums, you can still get messages and signs. Um, but also too, this is a message out there for those of you that feel like you are psychic mediums and you're afraid to share your gift. Do not be afraid because there needs to be more psychic mediums in the world that step up, that do talk about these things because our purpose is to help bring closure and to help people understand that their ancestors are still there. They're just in a different plane. They're not gone. I could tell you, we talk, and I talk about this every podcast episode, how nosy our ancestors are, how they're still chit-chatting, talking shit about all of our family members. Like that's what they do. They still retain their personalities. They just have a different outlook on life. Um, so if you had, you know, falling out or you blame them for something, just know they do take accountability for those things. They do because they reach a higher perspective when they cross over your mm -hmm. life, like flashes before your eyes. And you do process everything, everything that was a lesson, everything that you've done, the mistakes that you've made. Um, so it's okay. Like it's okay to feel that way still, but just know that they, you know, probably want to apologize. That's why a lot of people go to psychic mediums to get that kind of closure. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, that's what we're all looking for is that little, little inkling of closure. Yeah. And ancestors aren't perfect. Like we're all, we were all human beings at one point. So we're always going to make mistakes. Um, yes. but just know that if you are a medium, like, or you're, you think that you are, um, don't be afraid to speak your truth. Yes. Don't we be need more. We need more of you out there. There's it's a, it's a lot of healing. And I think that a lot of people might misconstrue what mediums are like oh like you're just kind of like using people or blah 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 blah. no mediums are healers oh yeah they're they heal in a different kind of way a way that no one else can heal and um there's also a lot of frauds out there too so i totally get it um with people that are skeptic about mediums i love when i get skeptics i'm like give me all the skeptics let me blow your mind um, <laughs> But yeah, there's also a ton of unethical spiritualists. So, you know, like we always say, we did a podcast episode on this, you know, red flags, do your due diligence. If you're booking a service, if you are following somebody, if something seems off, it most likely is trust your intuition. We will say this every podcast episode. I would hate to see anybody get scammed, but also like, I can't hold everybody's hand to be like, this person's a fraud. Um, <laughs> just 
you know, do your research, do your research and big followings and big social media accounts and being on TV. It doesn't mean that they're legit. Um, you know, so trust. Exactly. But anyway, okay. Let's, let's segue into what happens when your pet dies. Oh, here come the waterworks. As I'm looking at Pluto sleeping, like watching him, like he's breathing, right? He's breathing. Do you ever do that? Oh my God. All the time. Oh my God. I get so upset to think about how animals, they, they're not immortal. They're not immortal. And that right there is a cardinal sin. And they, they don't outlive humans. Yeah. That, it, it literally like, I wish that they were like keyed into my lifeline. So like, we yeah, could go, we could go together <laughs> Die at the same exact time. Yeah. How do we, how do we come up with that? Like, why is that not a thing? It's 2022. We have men on the moon. Why is this not a thing? I know. And I actually have thought about you know, I very versatile in death, as we know, and I've thought about Pluto passing away and it's not something I can think about. Meanwhile, I'm like out here educating the masses and I'm like, I can't think about this. This is the worst thing ever. I can't really chit chat about death, uh, different underworlds, different funerary practices, burial practices, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the moment I look at my cats and I think about the fact that, um, they're going to die one day or the fact that I missed the first few years of their life because we adopted them as adults, I will actually just start crying to the point where Kevin comes in and he's like, did you think of, why would you do this to yourself? Oh yeah. No, all the time. All the, I, I totally relate to that. And you're a really good person for adap- adopting adult cats. Like, I just want to point that out. I think that's an incredible thing that you've done because no one wants, no one adopts adult cats. I just love them so much. I mean, how could you not have adopted Voodoo with her one eye and Iroh? I would have adopted them too. They're so cute. They're so cute. They're so cute. But I adopted Pluto when he was six months. He was my first ever pet, but I want another cat so badly. Kids are are fun though. Yeah. I, I was too scared to get a kitten because they need a lot of attention. Um, and Pluto, listen, a six month old cat, they don't stop. Like he's one now. He doesn't fucking stop. He just constantly wants to play. So (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's really sad when animals die. It's really sad when we channel them. If you've been in our mediumship lives before, when anytime we channel someone's dog and they're like, I'm here for my mom. I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta go. Tears. Bye. Bye. Waterworks. Um, but what we want to say is, you know, the rainbow bridge actually exists. Yeah, it does. That is not a myth. I think that is the one thing that is like the best silver lining is the rainbow bridge. And okay. So I want to say this, cause we talked about this on a live once and a lot of people were like, this validates everything that I've ever understood. There are two different bridges, yes. one for humans and there's the <laughs> rainbow bridge for pets. And I can tell you with confidence that your pets do meet up with your family on the other side. Like I've seen my family members deceased pets with like my grandparents, Mm -hmm. Uh, they just cross a different bridge and you do see them again. So I hope that brings people comfort. Oh my God. Anytime I see like on TikTok, especially where it's like your first view when you get into heaven and it's like, Oh, it's the animals running up to you. Tears. Bye. I can't do it. Like waterworks, tear bending. Here I come. But just know, like, I know they're not here. Like if you have a pet that's crossed over, I've never experienced this. So like, I can't even imagine the day. I think it's the most devastating thing sometimes because mm-hmm. they're like their children. 
Um, oh, it's the worst. Support animals and animals truly, we don't deserve them. Um, you will be reunited with your pets again one day. And just know that they are still watching you. Like 10 and I have channeled pets before and they're like, I'm still with my mom. And if you wind up getting a new pet, um, say like your dog passes and you get another dog, like they're always okay with it. Um, don't feel guilty. I never feel guilty because they, they, and I firmly believe this, they choose who is the next one who you need in your life. They do. I truly believe that. And I can't even think of the day. It's just like, this is such a sad topic, but we wanted to touch upon it because I feel like we get a lot of questions about pets and dying. We always talk about human beings, what happens to our animals and they're always still with you. I mean, always still with you. You can still communicate with them. Um, you know, a lot of people have told me their pets have come to them in dreams being like, I'm okay. They just see them standing with like their grandmother. Um, so rest assured that your ancestors or whoever loved ones that you have, even if they're friends have your animals and they're fine. Oh yeah. And their last, their last memories are of you, but then it goes into colors. So like how we always say like, oh, there's a bright light for humans. It's almost kind of like like color, like technicolor is being added and it like fuzzes together. Like that's what they see. I never knew that. It, it's like the only thing I could like relate it to is like in the Wizard of Oz when like all of a sudden color is there and it's like coming together. It's like that. Yeah. And it's very peaceful for them. Oh yeah. And animals know when they're going to die. Like I know with cats, they actually go and find like a resting place in the house or they pass away somewhere where they find comfortable. I think dogs do the same thing. So animals know, you know, but they do know. Yeah. They can, they pick up on a lot. They, they are very keenly attuned to certain things for sure. Um, but okay. I want to go into, so we got a submission of a story of, um, someone talking about their pets when they died. And Remember, Tim and I are now doing this segment. It's going to be called Boo What Do. So we're now at the Boo What Do segment. Um, <laughs> you can actually email us any any paranormal story, any story that you've had. Maybe you saw a loved one in a dream or, you know, anything that you want to share about spirits. Um, Ten and I will read it if we find it, you know, okay enough to share. Um, just make sure it's nothing too wild, too crazy. Um, <laughs> but you can email us at um, evoking. E-V-O-K-I-N-G dot C-M-C at gmail.com. And we will actually share one of your stories. And this one, um, this person chose to be anonymous. So we do like, even if your name comes up, we will respond to you and ask you like, do you want your first name shared? Do you want to be featured? Um, But this person wants to be anonymous because they did explain that they felt crazy for having this experience. Um, But when I read you the story, you're not going to think it's that crazy at all. So not that crazy. But at first I was like, when you were spelling out the email, I was like, what are you spelling? <laughs> I was trying to make sure I was spelling it right. I'm like, imagine if I spelled that wrong. <laughs> My mind, I was like, okay, what is she? Oh, <laughs> oh, it's our email for the podcast. Um, so yeah, don't forget to send your submissions in. We'll do this like every so often on our podcast episodes, if it relates to our topic, et cetera, or maybe just randomly. So, okay. This viewer emailed us and they said, Hey, Chelsea and 10, that's us. <laughs> your ghost hosts. I love your podcast and I'm so excited. You're doing the boo. What do segment? And we really hope you guys like the name. Um, I couldn't wait to share my story with you about my childhood dog that had died when I was 12. 
I was devastated and I couldn't believe how fast my dog had passed and how he, all I could think about is how he would be lonely in the afterlife. I feel like I had no time with him and he just passed so suddenly that I didn't even have time to process it. So this person then said, so I'm assuming, you know, years had gone by. Um, they then say when I was in my twenties, something really traumatic happened to me and I was looking for guidance. I was seeking spirituality. I was calling out to whoever would hear me. And one night I felt a presence staring at me in my room, in my apartment. When I lived up in New York city, this was my first apartment. I was living by myself and I had never had a paranormal experience before, but it was so intense that it woke me up at three 33 AM, which I feel like is the like paranormal witching hour. Oh my God. Um, yeah. I wonder if there's like any truth to that. I've, I've always heard those rumors of like three 30 AM being like the witching hour, but like this is are awake. You'll have to look it up. Okay. I turned over and I saw this outline of a small dog that really resembled my Shih Tzu buster. And I heard it whisper my name. He then jumped up on my bed. So this person actually said like they felt their bed. Like, you know, when you feel like someone's sitting on your bed, they had that. And he nudged my face and then he was gone. I quickly turned on the lights and I was panicking, not because of fear, but because I had an experience and I didn't know how to process it. I had hoped for so many years that my dog Buster would reach out to me, but I actually didn't think there was an afterlife because I had never heard from my dog after he had passed the immense amount of comfort that I felt was amazing. And I heard, um, you guys a few months ago talking on a live about the rainbow bridge. So yeah, Ted and I recently just talked about this. I sleep comfortably now knowing my dog is safe at peace. It is also still very much present with me. I want to thank you for speaking up on paranormal experiences and educating about how our loved ones are still here. I didn't believe it until I had this experience. And then when I came on your live and you talked about the rainbow bridge, I knew it was real. I don't feel as crazy anymore. I love your podcast, your shop, and I can't wait to continue to listen. So little buster 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 yeah so i don't think that's crazy of an experience to have i mean people do have these experiences whether it be with an animal or you know grandma showing up in the corner of your room being like what the fuck's going on i know that could be a little bit more jarring but oh my god you're not crazy for having this experience oh my god no not crazy at all i mean we've both been there um, but know that like, you're 100% not alone when saying that I'm sure you even just submitting this story into us is going to help so many people be like, Oh my sweet baby Jesus. Right. I've, I've this is, had this is normal. Yeah. I've had an experience and I've kind of just brushed it to the side because I was scared. I think most of the times people are scared and they're like, what the fuck was that? And then they just black out. Like when we talked about the hat man, I had that experience. And then I remembered I actually had seen the hat man before and I must have just blacked it out when I was a kid. Oh um, yeah. But I'm really happy that you your dog came to visit you and it was at a time if I go back to the second paragraph something traumatic happened to them in their 20s. So your dog came to you at a time of need when you really needed him the most. I love that. We stand buster. Even animals in the afterlife, we still don't deserve them. Exactly. And I think one of my favorite things, like animal wise in the archaeological record is when they're actually venerated with their owner, like you'll see them carved on like a funerary Stella, anything like that. And it talks about like, here lies basically like the best boy, like is what it roughly translates to. And like, you see that and you just cry. 
Also, fun fact, if you do see any statues of dogs in a cemetery or a burial ground, uh, you are, tradition would have it, you are supposed to pick up a stick and lay it next to their statue. I don't have any cemeteries with dog statues, but now I'm going to find one because I want to leave them all of the treats, all of the sticks. Are you kidding me? I actually did see that somewhere. um, I've seen it as like a tradition. You can also, of course, have your own, you know, pet or familial altar. Um, You can put little tennis balls, little treats, anything like them up. You can venerate them like um, pet veneration. Um, familiar veneration is a thing. So you can go ahead and do that. Pluto's going to have a fucking shrine. <laughs> oh. I can't even think about it. And honestly, to my family listening and tend to part of my last wishes are you will carve Pluto into any casket that I'm in. Like he is going to be sitting on top of my casket. Like he would sit on top of me. So even if he dies before me, he needs to be there. Oh, he will be. I know. I just, uh, <laughs> I did. Oh, so I looked up 333. So the angel number 333 um, shows you that, you know, some spirit guardian is right beside you to provide you with the strength and ability to take one step at a time and can show up when you have a traumatic event going on. It also shows that you are, you know, ready to begin a spiritual journey. Um, The other side of that is that you know, 3.33 in the morning is called the devil's hour. So that is when a lot of people do say that they wake up and see things, feel things, that kind of stuff. So it has a lot of ties in both aspects. Yeah. You see that a lot on paranormal investigations on TV, especially when they're going into places, they'll wait until like two to 3am because that's when spirits are most active. So I wonder if it has something to do with the veil. I'm not very sure. Um, it could be, but to end this podcast episode, if you can go to one afterlife 10, what would it be? I feel like we've talked about going to all of them, but if you oh. have to choose one, where are you going? One forever. One forever. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. uh the, the, the Greek underworld. I was going to say that too. Hades. Hades, because I have different realms to go to. Um, It's basically like it's its own, like fully functioning world down there. So your deities live there. My deities live there. Um, Ancestors be down there. I can still do some chthonic magic down there. Um, There's different realms. And I mean, it's kind of great. So I could just kind of hop around, check out who's in Elysium versus who's in Tartarus. Yeah. You would get all the tea. Yeah. I Go would to just Tartar- around and annoy Hades and Persephone. <laughs> Wander around like a shade and then start tipping, tipping the ferryman. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I will be the ferryman. Maybe I will become the ferryman. Maybe I'll make a boat, a rival boat, <laughs> a rival boat. My boat's free. <laughs> awesome. Um, I, I too would choose Hades just because it, it's huge and also other deities live down there. So, you know, you go talk to Hypnos, you can go talk to Hecate. Um, I just also think it's like just a ginormous place. So I feel like I would never be bored and yeah, I would want to see where other people wind up, you know? Oh my God. Right. I would also go and like, hang out with like the Furies, 
even the Gorgons in uh, Tartarus crack that whip. Medusa. Punish some a-holes. Oh, what a dream. I don't know if I'd ever want to go see Tartarus. I think I'm good on that. I'd love to. I don't know. I think it's a scary place. I think mm-hmm. it, it scares me more than like when people talk about the Christian hell, which by the way, I don't believe in. Um, it, it just scares me the most. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. But I would do the same thing. I think it definitely would be Hades out of all of them. Um, 100%, yeah. But I think that's it for today. Is there anything else I'm trying you want to add? I know this was a little bit more of a shorter episode today. Um, we're to be honest with you, we are gearing up for Sawin. We're gearing up for more Patreon content. Um, and yeah, let us know what you want to hear more of. I thought today was fun when we were talking about pets. It's fun, sad, but also we just like to share some of the things that we know. So hopefully it can give you some peace. Yeah, we hope this kind of, you know, eased anything that you you know, had prior, prior to this podcast, know that your animals are still always with you. I think my favorite thing to think about is if I'm like laying on the bed and I feel something kind of hop up there, but no kitty cat is there. Um, just knowing that it could be, you know, one that has passed on just kind of checking in. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally holding Pluto's paw as we talk about it right now, because I'm like, where you can't go anywhere. How dare you? I will come find you. Mommy will come find you. Mommy will come find you. I'll come bring you back from the dead. It's fine. Doing necromancy being like, are we good? Come back. Necromancy in the woods, like petitioning Hades. Like, come on. (laughs) I know we're talking about how much we love our animals. Meanwhile, uh, voodoo is uh, locked out of the room right now because she just causes chaos. And I just hear her like scratching like ma'am i know god forbid you shut the door on them for two seconds god's above like truly they are the door police they are pluto i have this like um this door stopper that when you like drag it down it makes that weird noise he will purposefully when i'm in my office he knows where it is it's on the door i lock him out of every reading that i do now because he's so distracting and he will play with that until i open the door yeah or if I'm peeing, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Can I have space? Voodoo has actually opened the door while I was going to the bathroom. And I was just like, no, doorknobs. I'm literally like, mom is touched out. I am done. Yeah, <laughs> done. I, I can't even have peace in my own bathroom. No, no, you can't. No, I know. I know the feeling. I'm so afraid he's going to learn how to like jump up and open the door with his paws because I have like the, the handles, not a doorknob. Yeah. And I've seen cats learn how to do that. And I'm like, no, I need to get, I hope he doesn't learn because it's the only thing keeping him from me is this fucking door. (laughs) But, um, okay. That's it for today's episode. We hope you have an amazing day. Don't forget to join our Patreon for extra content where we give away, witchcraft recipes, more archaeological evidence that we talk about on the podcast, an extra podcast episode a month, and more of a community where you can chat with us, chat with fellow people in the sticks and bones um, podcast on Patreon. And oh, by the way, if you really enjoy our podcast, please feel free to leave us a review. We keep getting like five stars, but write a comment if you want, right? Write 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 <laughs> there. I love this podcast so much. It's exactly what you should write. <laughs> I love the ghost hosts. I yeah. love the ghost hosts. They're the best in town. Um, <laughs> Boo, what do? <laughs> what do? We hope you have an amazing day and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.